You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns Podcast with your host, Daniel Garrett. Today, we will be going over strengths and weaknesses of the Browns roster as it currently stands. This is for the 2021 season only. We are not looking into the future at all. So, for example, we're not concerned with upcoming free agents, though they're in the last year of their deal. We are only looking at what players are available for this year. We're also not considering injuries that may not last the entire season, such as Anthony Walker, who is currently injured, but looks to be available later on, probably even by the start of the season. So we're not really concerned with that. We're looking at long-term throughout the season, who is available and where the strengths and weaknesses lie, not only with the starters, but also with the depth. Let's get into it. The first strength for the Browns is their offensive line. This is a very obvious one. Everyone knew it was coming, but we don't just have the starters as a strength. We also have the depth of this offensive line as a strength. We have guys that could be rosterable players that for sure not make this roster just because of a numbers issue. We'll get into those guys later, but let's start out first with the starters. First up at left tackle, we have Jedrick Wills, second-year player out of Alabama. He was the 10th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, and he has shown that he is worth that selection. He has performed very well, especially for a rookie. He has room to improve, but he has the athletic tools and has shown enough to where we look at him as a guy that can potentially be a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. So he is someone to look forward to, and he is where we're going to get that improvement along the offensive line from what was perhaps the best offensive line last year anyways. We can still get a little bit better with his improvement. At left guard, we have Joel Petonio, someone who has been here for years. He's been a Brown forever. He is just a very solid, dependable player who plays at a Pro Bowl caliber level. With Petonio, he's one of the top guards in the league, doesn't get recognized for it a lot. He is getting a bit older, but we still have him as a very productive Pro Bowl caliber guard. And I will keep saying this again, Pro Bowl caliber, because we have four guys that are borderline to actually being Pro Bowl caliber guards. Well, offensive linemen. And we also have one guy in Jedrick Wills, who has the potential to be that. So next up, we have center J.C. Treader. Treader was a free agent signing, a very good one. He's coming to the point where he may be someone that we look to move on from after the season if we need to give out a Wyatt Teller extension. So he may be something that we use to cut a little cost, but he 
is a above average starting center, very solid, dependable, plays there. He's there every week. We don't have to worry about him. Plug and play, above average center. Next up, we have Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller has struggled with injuries throughout his very short Browns career. The Browns got him in a trade with the Bills. The Bills selected him with a late day three pick, traded him away for another late day three pick, and the Browns took him in. He didn't start at the beginning of the 2019 season. It took him a while to get in, but the second half of the 2019 season, he showed good promise in the last eight games. Then he lost a little weight, got a little bit more athletic, started working with new offensive line coach Bill Callahan. At that point, Wyatt Teller, with that new athleticism because of his slimming down, was able to become a all-pro caliber guard when he was there. So we do have to worry about health, stuff like that. But when he is available, he is a all-pro caliber guard, and he is still a very young player and someone that the Browns can look forward to, hopefully having into the future, depending on the contract situation. But for this season, he is going to be a great player and probably the best player along the offensive line as long as he can stay healthy. At right tackle, the Browns have Jack Conklin, who they got in free agency from the Tennessee Titans. Conklin is, again, just like Treader, a very dependable, solid starter, above average. He's not going to blow anyone away, but on his good years could perhaps make the Pro Bowl. Not going to be consistently there. He's just a very good, solid, dependable player. You can count on him to play well no matter what. He's not going to be this... Like I said, he's not going to be an all-pro caliber right tackle, but he's just very dependable. And that's the kind of player that when you have this great offensive line around them, when you have Batonio and Teller at guard and the potential of a guy like Jedrick Wills, you can have these guys like Treader and Conklin who are just above-average, solid, dependable to throw in there, and it just makes your offensive line great because what you don't want to have is you don't want to have a weak link. And those guys are by no means weak links. The weak link last year was Wills. And as I said earlier, Wills has the potential to be a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. And that was the weak link. Again, as a rookie, we expect a jump going into his second year. So he may still be the weak link again. It may be Conklin, maybe Treader, But I would assume that's going to be one of those three. But when you have the guard play that the Browns have, you can afford to have above average play elsewhere for it to still be a great line. They don't have a single starter that weighs them down, which helps out a lot. You don't have to have every player along your offensive line be elite to be an elite offensive line. You just have to have above average play everywhere and a couple of elite players. So you get that elite play out of a couple of the guys. You get competence everywhere else that allows you to have a great offensive line. That's what the Browns have built. And they have guys with the potential to play a higher ceiling than what they've shown. Chadrick Wills, Wyatt Teller was very good when he was in, but he wasn't in all the time. So hopefully we get a full 16-game season out of Teller, and we get that jump from Wills, and, tr and Teller can still pr improve. He is a very young guy. 
So if we can get improvement out of the two young guys on this line, then this is going to be an absolutely stacked and dominant offensive line. As it is, they're already arguably the best, but inarguably top three offensive line in football. So this is by far one of their biggest strengths. There's an argument for the next position we go over, but as the starting group, they are amazing. And then we have the depth of the offensive line. We have Michael Dunn, Nick Harris, Drew Forbes, Chris Hubbard, and James Hudson, who is the rookie fourth-round pick out of Cincinnati. Now, we've had Hubbard as a starter before, has played fine, wasn't great, definitely not someone you want as the starter, but he is capable of being there without being just an absolute void. There are guys that you throw out there that are backup tackles that just get demolished. Hubbard is not good, but he is not horrendous. And not being horrendous as a backup in the NFL is pretty good, especially when you're behind a guy like Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills who are really good. It would be a little different if you had a bad tackle and then a not good backup. That would be a different story because then you're really not getting a lot out of that tackle position. But this is something where you're not worried about there ever being someone being benched. This is an injury-only type thing where you hope it doesn't happen, but you plan for it by having Hubbard. And Hubbard is, as a swing tackle, one of the best swing tackles in the NFL. You obviously have a lot of young guys who are developing that also play the swing tackle position. Hubbard isn't that. That's more what James Hudson is. But Hubbard just gives you that solid, dependable guy you can throw in given an injury. Hudson gives you a higher upside guy. He definitely still needs a lot of development. And he isn't ready yet. I don't think he'll be ready for a couple years to play at all. And hopefully he doesn't have to. That's why you have Hubbard. That's why you have the two good quality starters at tackle. So that way you don't have to play him right away. But he is with Bill Callahan, one of the best offensive line coaches in all football. And hopefully they can get him to the point where he can be a starting caliber tackle. That is why they picked him in the fourth round to be a starter. To eventually replace Jack Conklin. Now, however, given he is a fourth round pick, if he can even replace Chris Hubbard, that is a quality selection. So that's really what we're looking for. Expect him to be on the game day rosters, perhaps, but don't expect him to play unless something crazy happens where we're down to our fourth tackle. We also have Drew Forbes, Michael Dunn, and Nick Harris as our interior guys. Nick Harris struggled last year playing guard. He's very undersized. He's not only about 280 pounds, but he's also very short, about 6'1". So he isn't really built to play guard. He just doesn't have the necessary core strength or strength anywhere, really. He just lacks enough strength to play guard. I think he can be a passable backup center. I'm not sure if he's going to be on the active game day rosters because we have guys like Dunn and Forbes who have shown in the past to be all right backups. They'll fill in and won't kill you. That's pretty much the 
unless you have a young guy, you generally just are looking for backups to not just be a absolute gap in the line that defenses will attack. All three of the older guys, Dunn, Forbes, and Hubbard, are that. You just don't have to worry about them being singled out and attacked. Harris and Hudson are developmental guys and really are just not going to be looking to play unless we get down to our third interior backup or our second backup tackle. So realistically, those guys may play a little bit, but ideally not. So we're not worried about that. The real point here is Don Forbes and Hubbard can all play and not kill you, which is very good depth. And the fact is, none of them have to start, which is a large upgrade from just two years ago when I would think Don Forbes Hubbard would be definitely competing to start in that 2019 team and that 2018 team as well. So really a good upgrade from just the past two years to get these guys now as backups. The next strength for the Browns is their running back group. Obviously have a few guys competing to be that third running back, Ernest Johnson and Demetric Felton, the six-round pick out of UCLA this past draft. However, I'm not going to really touch on that. That isn't a significant factor given that both those guys are ideally going to see spot reps and mainly be special teams contributors. They're not really affecting much of this running back room. They are, in my opinion, solid third running backs if you're just looking for a special teams contributor and a pass-catching threat out there as your third running back. And both those guys can competently do both those things. Not the best actual pure runners, but... They can get you by, especially when you're talking about the first, the top two running backs. As long as you have one of them, that's really all you need. That's how a lot of teams would build their roster of running backs around either of these two guys if they had them. So the fact is the Browns have both, and those third guys, whichever one gets the third running back job, are more of an afterthought in the Browns-specific situation. So the Browns obviously have Nick Chubb just signed a new three-year, $36 million extension, which puts him at, I believe, seventh. It's sixth or seventh highest paid running back. He's not at the very top, so I consider that good value. Some of the guys that are above him provide more as a pass catcher, but Chubb can do a little bit in terms of the screen game. Not going to give you a lot there but really just such a dynamic and effective runner one of the best in the nfl if not the best as a pure runner so last season he had 1067 yards for 12 touchdowns on the ground he also had 150 yards receiving but the main thing is his 5.6 yards per carry which is just outrageous i know he has a great offensive line but that's just absolutely insanity that anyone could run for 5.6 yards per carry so the fact is the only thing really limiting his production is kareem hunt being there because kareem hunt's really good and kareem hunt is a much better pass catcher so you want to have him in in third down you also give nick chubb some rest in terms of first and second down reps as well 
by having Hunt, who is a very good runner, would be a starter on most teams in the NFL. He's not top 10 running back, but he is a very good, effective running back and would start on most NFL teams. Definitely a top 15 running back, I would say. So he's someone that, as your RB2, is just, again, absolute insanity. Last season, 841 yards for 4.2 yards per carry with six touchdowns. He also had 304 yards receiving and five receiving touchdowns. And so the thing with Chubb and Hunt is, unlike a lot of your general one-two punches at the running back position, Kareem Hunt is just so versatile, you can line him up in the slot, so that way you can play both Chubb and Hunt. You can also have Hunt out of the backfield. You just have so many options where you don't necessarily have to have one or the other. You can play both if you want, and if the opportunity arises to where that is a beneficial personnel grouping where you can get the right matchups that you want, either in the run game or most likely in the passing game, because generally if you're having a two running back look, you're going to get more linebackers onto the field to deal with that. And when you have more linebackers, you have a dynamic guy like Kareem Hunt who can just line up in the slot. And if you can get them out of nickel, you're going to be able to have a more effective passing game especially if you can, when you are able to spread it out like the Browns can, because the Browns can still give you an 11 personnel look out of 21 personnel, meaning two running backs on field and one tight end instead of one running back and one tight end. You can get more efficient passing game reps because you're able to run your same 11 personnel plays against a much more run-centric defense because of you having two running backs out there. So if you can use that to your benefit, that'll be very helpful. The Browns did that a decent amount. I won't say a ton, but they did do that some last year. And you also had the fact that Chubb was hurt for part of the year. So you have to factor that in that hopefully with the full season, you can get about 1,200 yards out of Chubb on the ground, plus another six to seven hundred out hunt probably a little less than last year just because he won't have those full game workloads so long as they both stay healthy but you can hopefully then because of that have more hunt in the passing game and you do have a lot of receivers to work in but hunt is just that matchup piece that we that all teams are looking for and generally you look a lot of teams look for that out of their tight end position which the Browns do as well, but you look to get tight ends that can play both on the line and flexed out into the slot. Hunt gives you that as a guy that can line up in the backfield or flex out into the slot. So a little bit different in terms of that, but generally the same idea that teams have with that. And it is just as beneficial if you use it the right way and Stefanski and the play callers there in Cleveland should be able to and have shown the ability to in the past in a limited sample size to do that. So it's definitely something that we can look forward to happening this next season. And Hunt's future with the Browns probably not for long, given that they did just pay Chubb. But you have Hunt 
this season, and all we're talking about is this season. And our last strength for the Browns is their secondary, which is a far cry from years in the past, including last year, where our best player, still Denzel Ward, but we were having a second best player of Ronnie Harrison and then Terrence Mitchell because we didn't have Greedy Williams or Grant Delpit healthy. And before that, it was purely Terrence Mitchell. And so this is just such a long ways they've came since that time. And this is not only their starters, but they also have good depth as well, especially when you look at the top guys. So your first guy off the bench for each of these positions is very strong. I wouldn't say they have the best depth behind that first guy off the bench. But if you're going to be a dominant team and make a Super Bowl run, a lot of that has to do with not having injuries. So if you don't have injury luck, most likely, unless you're an absolute powerhouse team, you're not making a Super Bowl run anyways. And so as long as you can have it to where you can sus- you can sustain success with a limited amount of injuries, that's how you can win a Super Bowl. You can't have your can't have it where you plan on not having any injuries. That's just not going to happen. You're going to have some. But you have to plan on there being a limited number of injuries or else you're probably not making the Super Bowl anyways. For example, if all of your corners get hurt and you're playing MJ Stewart and AJ Green, you're not making the Super Bowl anyways. And that doesn't matter if they're your third corner that you're playing or your first corner that you're playing. If you hit corner five, corner six, you're probably not winning anyways, no matter what team this is. So that's just the way it is, and that's kind of how they built this. Again, I've been pushing for a corner five if you can get them cheap. You just don't spend money on it because it's not something you plan on using. You don't spend money on a cup holder if you don't plan on using cups but it would be nice to have a cup holder so if you can get it for super cheap buy it that might be just me and my idiotic spending habits but that's how i like to do things i like to have stuff just in case if i can get it really cheap and that's how the brown should build their roster, in my opinion. However, they went a different way. They still have four corners, which is amazing because they have four corners that were better than their corner two last year. So that's just, in my opinion, why this is one of their strengths. So we have Denzel Ward, fourth-year player out of Ohio State, 2018 draft, fourth overall, has just been a dependable, solid player, has played 12-13-13 for his game counts each of the last three seasons. I know there's one 12 and two 13s. I forget what order they came in, but he's just been there. We would like to see a full 16 games out of him. However, he's been there for 12 and 13, which is pretty good, especially given both his body type mixed with the way he plays football, which is he plays as if he is a 220-pound safety. And that just should not happen given his body type, which is a skinny little corner. And 
you love to see it because it's a very aggressive way to play. He likes to get up and he likes to tackle. You just hope he doesn't get hurt because the man is not built at all. He is not built to hit people like that in the run game. But you want him to cover and he can cover. So as long as he can stay on the field, he's a very good, solid, dependable corner one. I would say a top 10 corner in the NFL and Hopefully we can extend him here coming up. We also signed Troy Hill from the Rams. Troy Hill was a very dependable player, a little bit smaller than what you want out of your typical starting outside corner. However, has inside-out versatility, can play as the outside corner when we have two corner looks, when we play three corner looks, such as nickel-dime. We can kick him inside to the slot, very dependable there, and just someone that is a very good, reasonable player, and is someone that can contribute right away and was in on one of the top secondaries in the league last year. And we'll get to another one of his former teammates from last year a little bit later when we hit the safety group. But Troy Hill has just been a solid player for the Rams, and we hope to get that same production out of him this year. Next up, we have a couple young guys. We're going to go first with Greedy Williams. Greedy has been hurt. He was the a second-round pick in 2019 out of LSU. He's just had a lot of injury issues. And if he can stay healthy, I think he can be a very high-contributing player. Perhaps not a starter. It's just a good competition there between him and the next guy we go over. But if Greedy can stay healthy, I think he can be a quality cornerback. I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. And even if he does stay healthy, I'm not sure if he beats out our next guy, Greg Newsom, the second, our first round pick at 26 overall in this past draft, the 2021 draft out of Northwestern. He also had injury issues in college and hopefully he can stay healthy as well. But if you get one of those guys healthy, you have three very good quality cornerbacks. Greg Newsom, you also do worry about as rookies. Typically, cornerback is one of the hardest positions to adjust to in the NFL. And so hopefully he can sit behind these guys, learn for a year, get some reps, get some experience, and just be able to not be relied upon for that good quality production. Just come in, give a few reps a game, Maybe if we can get him on for 25% of the snap, something like that, get him and Greedy switching out, get him and Troy Hill switching out, just have him in there getting reps, getting experience, while not being this massive hole that most rookie cornerbacks are when they come into the league. As our depth at the cornerback position, Robert Jackson, MJ Stewart, AJ Green, Emmanuel Rugamba, who was a UDFA this past season, AJ Green, was a UDFA from the 2020 draft. MJ Stewart was a former second-round pick by the Bucks, And so you have a lot of younger guys in this group who, with MJ Stewart and Robert Jackson, they've had experience. They played a little bit for the Browns last year. You hopefully don't have to use them. They weren't good, but they do have experience. And if you're at the point where you're to your fifth, sixth corner, 
experience does matter. It's helpful compared to most fifth and sixth corners. But again, ideally, those guys are special teams guys. You don't really want them playing. But if they have to, they at least have experience. And Green and Rugamba are just upside swings. Maybe they work out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just get to contribute on special teams. We don't know. I don't think all four of those guys have a chance to make the active roster. Most likely going to be two, maybe three. But I would say probably two of those four guys that we went over make the active roster. I could definitely see A.J. Green and Rugamba being practice squad guys. Just get some more experience, get some more work there. And then as for safeties, the starters, you have John Johnson the third, who we signed from the Rams again, along with Troy Hill. John Johnson third took less money to be with the Browns, which is something that we look at as a positive for the direction of the team. People want to come here. People want to be a part of this organization, and that is very beneficial. He's also a very good safety, top 10 safety in the league. Very, very high caliber guy versatile and what happens is the best thing you can do with a versatile player is add an our versatile player next to them that's what they have in ronnie harrison has a lo- little less versatility i won't trust ronnie harrison in a single high i think john johnson is able to do that john johnson is obviously better than harrison at the things that both are good at john johnson i think is a better box player better better in the slot than Harrison, but Harrison is able to do all that, and that allows you the versatility to move those guys around. The other guy that will play a ton of snaps is Grant Delpit, second-round pick last year in the 2020 NFL Draft out of LSU. Delpit was injured all of last year, did not play, sadly, but we get his first season this year. He'll still make some rookie mistakes because you have to think about this as his rookie year being the did miss all of last year. The only thing he will have a benefit over normal rookies is the fact that he knows the system better because he has been in it. He was in it last year. He had the playbook. He went through rookie minicamp and stuff like that, and he did get hurt in training camp, but he's been able to have the playbook, be able to work on that, be able to work on the mental part of the game more so than a rookie. So we should expect a little better performance than your typical rookie safety and a very talented player. A lot of people thought he was a top safety in the class. A lot of people thought he could potentially go in the first round. Brown snapped him in the second. So he is someone to look forward to playing in that. He is preferably a deep safety, not going to be as versatile as Johnson and Harrison. However, when you have those guys, you can kind of make up for that and also delba isn't a guy who is completely just one thing he can do a lot of different things he just isn't going to be great as a tackler in the run game and even then it's not a certainty that he's not going to be good at that because he did have a lot of flashes especially in 2018 the 2018 college football season at lsu his sophomore season i believe He flashed a lot of that, and then he dealt with injuries in 2019 and did not play as well in 2019. If he would have played in 2019 as he did in 2018, he would have been a top 15 pick, probably. Safeties, it's always tough. You have to be pretty dominant to go any higher than that. So he is a guy who, if he can be healthy and play at his maximum potential, 
could be a very, very good player for the Browns. Hopefully what they do is they can get a good amount of production out of him this year, and then they feel comfortable letting Harrison go because he is a guy that they will need to potentially move on from depending on his salary demands. But for this season, what they really want out of Delpit, they want some good snaps, they want to play some three-safety looks, and they just want him to be able to get some on-field experience because he didn't get any last year. You have Johnson and Harrison starting, Delpit as the backup. You're going to be able to move all those guys around, play different positions. Your fourth safety is probably going to be Richard LeCount, fifth-round pick from Georgia this past season. LeCount fell in the draft, because of his very poor testing. However, he had an injury at the time of testing, which slowed him down. His on-field athleticism numbers in terms of his tra the tracking data on his speed actually put him at a faster speed than what he ran at. So we can hopefully expect more athleticism out of him than what he showed. And that was one of the reasons he fell. Maybe he had a little bit more production. And... As a fifth-round pick, as your fourth safety, really, if you can get a guy who in a couple years can be a borderline starting caliber safety, that's a very good third, fourth safety for you and someone that can be a productive part of the Browns. You also have Sheldrick Redwine, who has struggled with the Browns so far in the time he has played. He hasn't had consistent reps. I doubt he will ever get consistent reps. I believe he would need to play special teams for the Browns in order to be an actual contributing member of this team. So in total, to wrap up the secondary here, you have good starting caliber players in Ward, Hill, Johnson, Harrison. Newsom and Greedy Williams can come in, compete as that third corner, fourth corner. You have Delpit, who will be a quality third safety provide you with a lot of upside there as well just like Newsom and Williams do really you have the only major questions being the health of some of those guys again Ward has only played 13 games in his highest number of game seasons it's been 12 13 13 Newsom struggled with injuries at points in college Grady struggled with injuries throughout his NFL career and Delpit was injured all last year had injury issues his last year at LSU as well and your depth isn't as good as it could be but it is good enough and when you include the guys that have a chance to play some but probably not all of them will when you include the fact that probably Newsom or Greedy Williams won't play a ton of snaps and would be included in that depth. And the fact that Richard LeCount won't play a lot. You really do get quality depth there. It doesn't look great when you include all the guys at the bottom in the roster that are going to be special teams contributors. But they're, they're just for the special teams. So when you take it out and look at the guys that will actually play you have the depth there that you are looking for out of your secondary. That'll be it for us today on Fired Up Browns. We'll be back next week to go over the weaknesses in part two of this Strengths and Weaknesses series. We will be going over just a couple positions where we have some weaknesses to address. And we're not going to be going over every position on the roster. So we're not going over like quarterback and stuff because while that isn't, a weakness, 
and it isn't necessarily a strength. They're average to above average position group. So not really going to kill the Browns. And you have a lot of guys in there that have potential to go one way or the other. And it's a lot of unknowns. Whereas we have a couple positions where we kind of know what we got. We have some upside swings, but they're really going to have to hit for it to be a strength and not or even get up to average. There's potential with both of these groups that we go over next time for them to get up to average, but tune in to figure out what they have to do to get up to that average position and what their current weakness is. So you can check out other Fired Up podcasts on the Fired Up Podcast Network. You can check out Fired Up NFL Draft, hosted by me and Mitchell Wolf. You can also check out Fired Up Sports Betting and Fired Up Pro Wrestling. You can also check out the our team-related r- podcasts, Fired Up Giants, Fired Up Broncos, and Fired Up Titans, if you are interested in learning about a couple of the air teams around the NFL. Let's get fired up.